0: Blind Love Radio. I'm your host, Anna Rosen. Enjoy these heartfelt conversations having to do with creativity, transformation, and the divine. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Blind Love Radio. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening today. I am recording this on the Scorpio moon today and I'm really feeling the Scorpio vibes. Are you feeling them? Because I'm feeling them. Um, My card of the day was the Judgment card ruled by Pluto. That feels very Scorpio. It just feels like a day full of transformation. And I feel like releasing this episode felt so right today. This interview with Eddie Daphne is so full of healing and transformation and turning darkness into light. Just all of those deep Scorpio healing vibes that are like so hard to go through, but I think in the end they're so fruitful um, if we can, you know, get through it and it's really hard and I think she is so vulnerable with sharing her story and I was so grateful to listen and share in just the experience of listening um I think is really important and I think it's really important to share especially when you have chronic illness because um it lets others know that they're not alone because so many people go through chronic illness and it can feel so lonely, especially when you feel like everybody else around you is sick and not having the same problems. Um, Oh, I mean, I'm sorry, I was like on a tangent. And when everybody else around you is healthy when you're sick and it can feel so alone, but when you're able to connect with other people who have been through the same thing, I feel like it just shines that light to other people and I am so grateful for the work that she is doing and I'm so happy that she's starting to find her healing. So we go really in depth into her story with Crohn's disease and recovering from that. She's starting to experiment and train in Feldenkrais practitioner a Feldenkrais practitioner I'm sorry if I pronounced that wrong um this was the first time I had heard of it but it was so interesting oh my gosh and it's so cool the way that she found it and dove right into it and now is really just exploring that modality of healing I think it's so beautiful and I think this um this episode I think is gonna really I'm hoping it will reach whoever it needs to reach and give hope to other people who may be going through the same struggles and I think the Feldenkrais practice is such a great tangible way to start where you're at and take healing like one step at a time really getting into your body and I just I freaking love her she is amazing everybody should go follow her on chronic.consciousness um on the instagrams and i see that she has a website now so dot com slash and i will link that in the show notes to make that really um available and easy for you to find But definitely reach out to her if she has any questions or if you have any questions. I'm sorry. I'm like all over the place today. Um, But I hope you guys enjoy this episode. I hope somehow it sparks some sort of healing or inspiration for you. And thank you guys for listening. I'm sending you all so much love and that's it. All right. I'll see you after the episode. So go ahead and just say hello and introduce yourself for everybody.
1: Well, hello. Um, My name is Etty Daphne, and I am a mystic, a tarot reader, a writer, Um, and a survivor of chronic illness. It's something I deal with on an ongoing basis. And I'm studying to be a Feldenkrais practitioner to work with people in a healing capacity, specifically with uh, trauma and chronic illness.
0: So what is that?
1: Uh, Feldenkrais, it's a very cool thing Um, that's not super well known, but it's this method that was developed by this guy named Moshe Feldenkrais. He was... um, a Russian-born Jew that lived in Israel and super smart. He was like a physicist. He studied at the Sorbonne. Um, And he later in life developed like this knee injury and uh, started kind of playing with the development of movement and how to fix this injury. And it kind of just created this whole, Whole way of working with the nervous system and the neuroplasticity of your brain through these small incremental movements that uh, release sort of stuck habituated patterns. So it's a way of working with the mind and body via the nervous system and through um, creating a very like internal experience for you to create change. Um, in your body via somatics and via movement Um, hopefully I explained that well enough it's uh, it's a tough thing to explain but uh, it's pure magic in my opinion
0: that is so cool it's like create like changing your inner landscape to affect your physical world
1: exactly Um, the way that Moshe saw it was that you know, the movement was sort of like the greatest way to change yourself. Um, Because if you think about like the paradox of change and that like if you try to change, you can't change, but you can change by not trying to change. um, That's kind of the approach that Feldenkrais and the modalities take is that you're not trying to change the thing. That, you're, that you want to change, you are in essence becoming more aware of yourself and allowing yourself to change and then change just spontaneously happens. Um, so there's two modalities that we work with. One is uh, functional migration, which is like a one-on-one sort of somatic therapy practice and then the other is uh, classes called Awareness Through Movement. and it's like the most laid-back, laissez-faire environment you can imagine, where you're really like having this meditative experience of being so internal and allowing your focus to really just be on your own experience, listening to your body, quieting the mind, moving in these small ways. And you eventually, over the course of the lesson, are able to like do a movement. you maybe didn't think that you could do so it gives you this like amazing sense of agency and you feel taller and lighter and you, you become more flexible it's it's truly incredible I mean the first time that I did it did a class I was like blown away I was like this is what is this like crazy magic and I immediately felt like this is my soul work. That this is something that I'm meant to be doing.
0: Wow, um, that is so cool. So, what does it like actually look like? Does it look like a yoga class or like? Um,
1: it's it's like even way more laid back than yoga. So, usually with an awareness movement class, you're lying on the ground and the idea behind that is that you're taking away, uh, gravity so that without gravity, you can sense yourself more easily. So you're kind of lying on the floor, getting a sense of, you know, the way that your body is touching the floor, your shoulders, your, your hips, your feet. And then you'll have an instruction to do a movement. Maybe it starts super small, like, you know, reaching your arm down towards your feet. And there are instructions that build on each other to where you're doing like a movement pattern. Um, So it's very gentle. It's uh, building on your awareness throughout the process, like drawing attention to being aware of, okay, you're moving your arm downward. What do you sense is also happening in your shoulder? what is happening in your you know back do you feel how your back muscles are participating in that simple movement of going down towards your feet and what I found most fascinating when I first started engaging with Feldenkrais and studying um, in the program was that it teaches you to do what feels good and to do only as much as you can and only what feels pleasurable to you and to stay away from what feels hard or when you start to feel like a point of strain or pressure you stop and you do it slower you do it easier Um, and that's so contrary to how we grow up and how we're taught to live in the world you know to like fight through the pain and to just like push through and do it it's a totally like radical concepts in my opinion to just like say do less find out where you can do less find out where you can reduce the effort so unlike a yoga class where you know I it's a lot about I think the forms doing the correct forms and the sequencing and You know, despite all efforts in a yoga class, I'm always aware of, like, who else is around me and what they're doing and how I'm doing it in relation to how they're doing it. In a Feldenkrais class, it's really, like, all about your experience. And it's not necessarily about achieving the correct movement. It's about the process and engaging your curiosity and your learning in order to create these changes in your nervous system. Because your nervous system is attracted to things that are easy. So, once your nervous system, through these like little sequences of movements, figures out like this is easy, it sort of replaces those habituated patterns that we all develop um, throughout the course of our lives, you know, through uh, childhood trauma, through you know, difficult circumstances. Like at some point we all get stuck in these patterns and they don't necessarily, um, we don't notice that they don't feel good because that's the way we always walk through the world. And through like awareness through movement, you're discovering a new way that you can walk through the world. And it's incredibly powerful.
0: Wow. I love that idea of calming the nervous system through ease. That's yeah. so cool. So I pulled like two cards before we started talking mm-hmm. and I pulled the 3 of pentacles and also an oracle card that was just simplicity. So oh, I love that. It just feels very like like pentacles I think of like the body yes. and like, really grounding your body in this extremely simple way that I think we usually just bypass, even though it seems like it's available to all of us. Um, Yeah. So that is so cool.
1: Yeah, and, you know, the three pentacles coming up is so interesting because um, that's a card that I've always, like, grappled with the meaning of, and it's come up a couple times for me over the last few months and the more that i associate it with what was happening it it feels to me the three of pentacles is like an invitation to like just exist in what exactly is happening at the moment and sometimes it's kind of uncomfortable and it doesn't feel very good but there's something to be learned um, I I think a lot about you know the pagan other worlds deck.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm using.
1: Oh, <laughs> I love how that deck uh, pictures it with those three rocks building on top of one another to form a tower. And I always think of the three of Pentacles as like this is where we are in this moment, in this set of circumstances, in in our bodies, whether it's in pain or um, whether we're going through something that is materially difficult, it's an opportunity to just kind of like observe what exists and we grow and we build on that. Um, you know, cause threes are a little bit, it's the, we go from like the stability of the twos into the threes, which sort of like knocks us off of our, um, balance a little bit. And I think that those threes are always an invitation for growth.
0: Yeah, totally. I totally agree with you. And thinking about it as like, if we look at like the major arcana with like the empress, it's like that can be so uncomfortable to create something new. Yes. And it's yeah. also like honoring what is at the same time. It's like this duality within the, I don't know, the little triangle. Even thinking yeah. of it as like a triangle, it's like this stability on the bottom, and then you're like building up.
1: Yeah, I love that. Um, you know, it's so funny, because last year was an empress year for me, and it didn't make a whole lot of sense at first, because I was, the last three years, I've gone through some pretty extreme health issues. Um like multiple surgeries, multiple complications, uh, very intense, intense things. Like if you want to talk about tower, like I know the tower <laughs> very deeply. And last year was a year of such like upheaval and change. And, you know, I walked away from a stable six-figure job in tech and, um, because my health was like crying out to be tended to. I mean, I was having these surgeries and these complications and going back to work with like literal open wounds on my body and trying to like pretend that things were fine. Um, And I think like the empress, I needed to learn that it was okay to make a choice for, the betterment of myself and my health. And despite like the scariness of what am I going to do about money and health insurance and all of these things, um, it guided me towards understanding like that I am, I can have a life that I is worth living and I deserve to heal and find a way to heal in a way that feels good to me and that's you know i started my feldenkrais training last year um i had never actually taken a class or even known what Feldenkrais was i just kind of looked into it on the reference of my uncle and i just joined the training program because it just felt right and i think the empress just taught me a lot about like it is so tough to receive and to do the things that are honoring our bodies and honoring our best um, intentions
0: I totally agree with you and I feel like the empress is so much about healing really now that I'm thinking about it um like last year I did this, like, yoga nidra class where we did a yoga nidra session, which is a lot about, I feel like, very similar to what you're talking about. They like like yoga nidra. (laughs) Yeah, it's like you lie down and they talk to you about different points of your body, and then you're just supposed to, like, become aware of those body parts, and it activates the same part as, like, your subconscious. So then you're able to like make changes with that area in your brain being activated, which sounds like so similar.
1: Yeah. And- it's totally similar. I mean, in fact, every awareness to movement lesson usually starts with a scan.
0: Yes. Right? Uh-huh. You
1: become aware of the different parts of your body. So yeah, that it totally prepares your subconscious to accept these changes.
0: And what I ended up drawing was the Empress. And it kind of like led me down this path to find my healing. And I feel like she's very much like a figure that leads you to the healing. It's not like the healing itself, almost. Yeah. I don't know if you agree with that, but it's kind of...
1: I no, know. I, do, I do agree with it. I mean, because healing is really fucking difficult. It's
0: such a process.
1: <laughs> it's hard work. And, you know, healing, it kind of like you have to let – in order to heal, you have to let your world be split open. Yeah. And yourself be totally split open. And once it – like healing – once you like really dive into it and say like, I'm going to heal, I'm ready to do this, you peel away one layer and then, you know, another layer comes up. that's a little bit more difficult. And as you keep going, it's like this refining process and shadow work. And it becomes like this very difficult thing, but you know, then you kind of look at how that pain was your teacher and how you got here. And, you know, I can't really imagine being in my old life, you know, despite <laughs> despite how tough it was to go through, like, such extreme medical shit, um, it opened me up in such a massive way in order to heal. Like, heal not just from medical things, but to heal childhood trauma, to heal... Uh, ancestral trauma to you know it's that cracking open that you know i think the empress does like you're talking about
0: wow i love that idea that totally gives me like three of pentacles vibes pain as a teacher like yeah that feels like just so true
1: yeah and it's it was. It's hard to accept that because nobody wants like voluntarily go through pain. Um,
0: and it does feel like it gets worse before it gets better.
1: <laughs> it does. It's, yes, totally. And I, I mean, it's always if I think about my own physical healing journey, which I'm still kind of in the midst of, but out of the worst of it, it's always like a step forward and then four steps back. And then maybe two steps forward and six steps back. But you're, you're, you continue to like go forward. Um, and it's that process that really, I think softens you. Yes. It can either soften you or it can make you bitter. Um, but if you like let the pain soften you, I think, you're more able to become your the truest version of yourself
0: oh yes a healed version yes so can we like get into like what was going on when all of this kind of like came to a head um like however much you want to get into I want to hear like as much as you want to share
1: yeah absolutely I mean it's um it's a lot like I forget how much I've been through and sometimes when I will tell people they they're like I think you minimize your own pain sometimes so
0: well it can make other people uncomfortable
1: that's very true also um
0: but I'm here for it
1: (laughs) right um so I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease when I was 22
0: oh my husband has that
1: oh really yeah it's it's awful awful
0: can we tell people like what Crohn's is if people don't know what it is
1: yeah absolutely um so Crohn's is an autoimmune disease that attacks the digestive system and essentially your immune system is dysregulated and thinks that um your healthy tissue needs to be uh like attacked by the immune system that there's something wrong even though there's nothing wrong so it causes um so many unpleasant symptoms it can like tear up your your intestines um and with Crohn's what's really hard is that like it doesn't affect two people the same way because it can occur anywhere along your digestive tract from top to bottom Um, and not all, everybody heals differently. People respond to things differently. Um, but it's a, it's like a brutal disease. I don't know if there's anything you want to add from your perspective of your husband having it.
0: No, I mean, I think you said it all. I think that was a great little synopsis and I'm so sorry that you have that. That is so hard I feel like it's so chronic, and it's there with you all the time, and it's such a process to figure out how to manage it, I guess, so, you know, you can live as pain-free as you can be, um,
1: yeah, Yeah. so, like,
0: where are you with it now, and what kind of journey did it take you down?
1: So, uh... When I was diagnosed, I was 22. I was living in Colorado, in Denver, which is where I grew up. And I didn't really understand the diagnosis at the time. Like I knew that it was something that was chronic, but the doctor didn't, he did a horrible job of explaining things to me. And at that time it was diagnosed actually as ulcerative colitis, which is in the same family of of inflammatory bowel disease. Um, but the, the difference between Crohn's and ulcerative colitis is that ulcerative colitis is restricted to your colon or your large intestine. So, I mean, I tried a few different treatments. I tried to find doctors. I never really had a lot of relief for my symptoms and I didn't have like a good grasp even on what it was. I just knew that I was like sick. Um, and when I was, 25 i moved to new york which is where i currently live and things just kind of started to get really more intense with the Crohn's. all the treatments i had tried before in colorado didn't work and i kind of progressively went on to try more intensive treatments um There was this one drug called Remicade, which is used for a lot of Crohn's patients. And I ended up being, like, highly allergic to it and had, like, an anaphylactic reaction. So Uh that that medication was, like, out of the question. And then we tried different ones. I would have all these side effects. And um, things just seemed to be getting progressively worse and worse. I would have, like, these minor surgeries we figure out that it was Crohn's instead of ulcerative colitis um, and you know I was very good at like compartmentalizing it um, so I worked I had this like survival mentality of like I've got I've got to be working I have to you know be successful um, I have to like support myself financially there's nobody to help me um, so I just kind of ignored the pain to a, a degree, a large degree. Um, I existed like on painkillers for a long time because it was the only way that I could make it into work. And when I was thir- I turned 30, things in my life really started to sort of get a lot more tenuous. Like I got laid off from the job, I was working in tech, and tech is, like, kind of unstable. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, So I got laid off from a job and found another job and was, like, doing well. My health was starting to, like, falter quite a bit, um, and I got laid off from that job as well. And this time it was because the company was doing so well that they wanted to – cut costs to increase profit. So I was a victim of that. And it took me a long time to find another job. And in the middle of this, like my health was still, we couldn't find anything that worked. Um, my mental health was kind of uh, coming to a head as well. Like I was being forced to deal with a lot of depression and anxiety. And when I did get a new job, um, my health just like things just started to collapse and the timing could not have been worse because i just started this new job um but there there ended up being like a an abscess that i had in my sacrum which your sacrum i mean if you think about like the sacral chakra it's right there and i had surgery for and it ended up being huge like way bigger than they thought it was Um, And it was all due to just, like, chronic, untreated inflammation. My Crohn's was always really aggressive, and it was resistant to treatment. Um, And at this point, it had been, like, nine years of trying to find something that worked. And, you know, after that surgery, my doctor had told me something that really scared me, saying, like, you know, now that it's affecting not just your intestines, but it's starting to, like, get outside your body, there's, like, a point of no return to some degree. Like, there are things that even if something works, it's so far gone that, like, there are some things that will not get better. So the, the, the abscess and the wound that created was, like, miserable and Um, it was hard to work. I had, like, nurses that would have to come to my house every day to help, like, tend to the wound. Um, I developed, like, shingles during that time.
0: Oh, that is Um, so scary.
1: So scary. And, you know, then I finally had, like, the surgery talk with my doctor where it was something that I had been avoiding for a long time was um, getting my colon removed. And that would mean living with an ostomy. And... Most people don't know what an ostomy is, but it is um, when you don't have an intestine, you cannot eliminate waste in the same way anymore. So an ostomy is um, they basically take a part of your intestine and bring it to the outside of your body, and there's like a medical appliance that attaches to that. Um, So you kind of have like your digestive plumbing is rerouted. And there's a lot of shame associated with it, and it was something I was afraid of, and I avoided for such a long time because it was scary, and it's um, it feels embarrassing and shameful. But I was so sick that it was like there was no choice anymore. And when I had the surgery, you know, the surgeon said like that. My colon was basically, like, falling apart. Um, and if I had waited much longer, like, things would have gotten really bad. Because it can so, get into, like,
0: your bloodstream, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So they actually, they couldn't do the full surgery at that time because it was just too sick. So, um, they left, like, part of my colon in, um because they just like couldn't take it all out at that time so supposedly like the the thought process was that you know things would get better because they removed the majority of the inflammation and I would start to feel better and I had like a really difficult time adjusting and I always like had this feeling that something wasn't right and the doctors kept telling me like no you're fine um But I, I just there was something not right with like um, my ostomy, and I, I knew that there was something not right with it because I would have a lot of pain, and it, it was my gut was just telling me that something was wrong, Um, and I had this dream actually about the skin, and this is kind of graphic. Um, I, I apologize, but like the skin around my my ostomy kind of being, like, eaten away. And, you know, I told my mom, and she dismissed it. Like, everybody was kind of dismissing me, telling me, like, you're fine. But I did end up finally getting diagnosed with something called pyoderma gangrenosum, which is this incredibly rare complication that can happen. Um, And basically what it is, is it's... uh, I... Guess it's an autoimmune disease. I don't know. But it it eats away at healthy tissue, and it just creates, like, a wound. And unlike a wound where, like, if you cut yourself, um, you can stitch it up, and the wound will heal, or you put a Band-Aid on it, the wound will heal. With pyoderma gangrenosum, it creates this open wound, but it doesn't heal until the pyoderma is um, treated. So there's not many treatments for it, and – um, it's a very scary thing, it spreads fast, it's hard to diagnose, which is why it took the doctor so long to diagnose me. And by the time I was diagnosed, it was it had done some pretty severe damage, and it took a long time to try and figure out how to get it under control. And while I was struggling with the pyoderma, I started getting these intestinal blockages, and um. Went to the hospital a couple times and then they found that, like, I had these strictures that are scar tissue essentially is what a stricture is, strangling my small intestine. So it was creating these blockages. So I had to have another surgery and that aggravated the pyoderma because anytime there's trauma to the skin, pyoderma can like take hold of it. And so it was just like this. Crazy time where I was still trying to like have a job and maintain a job, (laughs) but I was like in and out of the hospital. I had all of these like wounds on my body. I remember being on a plane to San Francisco, um, going on a work trip, and I knew that the pyoderma was like active and it was not under control, and I was in pain, but I was like. going going on this like work trip to do you know like this stupid work conference thing and it was such like a traumatic experience to like try and interact with people in a normal way knowing that I have like something that's literally sort of like eating, eating away at me and I'm sick and but nobody can quite understand that, and like I look relatively okay, but I was definitely not okay. And shortly after that trip, I ended up having to go into the hospital for ten days to um, get on this like medication that they can only do through IV. Um, it's kind. Of, it was kind of like a chemotherapy drug that to help treat the pyoderma and like high cases of or high high um, doses of steroids um so you know after that it kind of started to get better i'm like skipping through some of the things that happened because it's again a very (laughs) it was like complications upon complications like people would always say well it can't get any worse and then somehow it got worse Um, and then i i finally had my second surgery in june of last year where they they just kind of removed everything that was left. Um, And that was, they were saying, well, this should do it. There's no more Crohn's in your body. You should get better. Um, And I had the pyoderma come back on the new surgical wounds and had to get that back under control. And, um, you know, I was still having just some, like, autoimmune issues that, that, that were, they couldn't really tell me what was causing them or what it was, you know, so it was just like this long, exhausting process of trying to heal and figuring out how to treat this complication and then a new one would pop up. And, um, there was a lot of trauma. I mean, I was suffering from severe, um, PTSD. Um, and, you know, it was, it's I'm still kind of like untangling all of it I think I had to leave my job because the cycle was just repeating like I was getting things would get under control and they pop up again I get sick and then um I needed to like walk away from my job to like focus on healing and that was probably one of the hardest things I ever had to do um most terrifying thing I had to do um you know and I'm, I'm in a place where like things are getting better I'm able to focus on healing um I, I, I have fibromyalgia now too. Like it's just been like a long, long process. Um, but it's, uh, it's, it's, I don't know. It's taught me things and brought me places that I never would have done otherwise. So it's, I have like a complex relationship with it all obviously, but, um, you know, I think it's going to take time still for my body to recover because it was it went through an extreme amount of trauma. Um, so right now, I live in sort of this numinous space where I'm not working, I'm studying, I'm I'm trying to start teaching, but a lot of my time is just spent healing, and that's really difficult. It's it's tough to like face all of the things that you weren't facing because you were in the midst of trauma. You were like in the middle of fight or flight all the time. And once that fight or flight kind of calmed down and it's more in the background, it's like, well, now I have to deal with the fact of like grieving that I lost an organ, that I'm living with an ostomy for the rest of my life, that my body works in a different way. Um, So it's, now it's like having to confront all of those things and figuring out how to live in the world in a different way. So, yeah, it's been a rough couple of years, but um, I'm here.
0: <laughs> yes. I'm still alive. <laughs> yes, you are. Oh my God. Thank you so much for
1: sharing all of that. Wow. I I feel like I just, like, rambled on, so...
0: No, I think it's so brave to talk about all of it, and it's so hard, I think, to, like, recount everything because it's kind of a little bit, like, reliving all of the trauma. But just, like, you know, that idea of, like, unpacking it to heal, I think it's so important to talk about it and... um, you know, know that you're not alone also like other people have gone through this and there's no reason to feel shameful about it um and I'm just so grateful that you're willing to share about it share your experience share how you're healing and I'm just so I'm in awe really
1: oh well well thank you I mean it's Lately, I think a lot of the work that I've been doing um, now that I'm in an emperor year is like trying to figure out how to own my story and take up space and, um, you know, be an architect of a life that feels more authentic to live. Um, And it's, it's not easy. It's, you know, owning my story and kind of like owning, like you said, it's hard to relive what happens um, so that's kind of, like, where I'm at now.
0: And, like, how, like, what are some things that have really helped calm your nervous system down? I know you were talking about the, you know, the technique that you're studying now, but anything else that you've, you know, think has helped you? Yeah,
1: I mean, Feldenkrais for sure has helped me so, so much. Um, but tarot, I mean, tarot was yeah. A world. I want to talk about tarot also. <laughs> um, tarot was like a huge, huge tool in helping me, and um, helping me like get perspective on things. Um, like it gave me hope when I had none, um, and it was just a way for me to kind of navigate the trauma of what I was going through. And so Tara was a big tool. And also um, my dog. Oh, <laughs> yes. little dog named Norma. Oh. Who is, She is um, the best. I think she's the most special little dog in the world. But
0: Norma, sure dog what kind of dog that. is she? What kind of dog?
1: Um, she's a Boston Terrier Chihuahua mix. I oh, think. I have a Chihuahua. Yeah, she has, like, the Boston Terrier body, but, like, shrunk, and then, like, the head of a chihuahua with these floppy little ears. She's... She's, like, so cute.
0: (laughs) That sounds adorable. Yeah. Yeah, I love dogs, like, unconditional love. It's just so healing, especially when you feel like you can't love yourself at that moment, like, you have nothing left to, like, give yourself.
1: Yes, I mean... There were times, like, going through all of this, it it would just become too much. And, like, to get very blunt, it's like there were times when I thought about, like, I can't do this anymore and would, like, have sort of suicidal ideations. And my first thought would always be, like, well, I can't leave Norma. So Norma was, like, always my tether to reality. and Or not reality because reality was really scary, but, like, my tether to hope. And my tether to, like, the fact that this little creature um, loves me so much and I love her so much. Um, You know, and when I was going through all these changes with my body and, like, looking in the mirror would scare me. There was a long time where I, like, did not look in the mirror. Um, You know, it's like she never looked at me any different. And that was such, like, an amazing teacher for me. You know, like, she she just knew that it was her mom you know and she loved me
0: I love that yeah and like reminding ourselves also like we're not just our body and we're not just our challenges also it's like connecting with the spirit within us when I feel like when we have like, difficult situations, especially, like, chronic illness with our body, it can feel like we're so out of control, and, yes. like, we can't control anything, and it feels like, like, am I even, like, in there, almost? Like, I have no control of my body, like, I don't know, especially with, like, like thinking about it, like, the only... I don't know like with depression and feeling like you can't control your emotions and feeling like you can't control your body and it's like something for your spirit to something to lift your spirit when it feels like it's being like weighed down by the earth
1: yeah I don't know where I was really
0: going with that but
1: (laughs) (laughs) you know it's like connecting to joy
0: yes yes especially when like within the most difficult and traumatic circumstances yes how did you find tarot
1: um that's a good question and I'm You know, I was always intrigued by tarot and different forms of spirituality growing up. Um, I'm an Aquarius uh, with, like, Sag rising and Gemini moon, but I have, like, a ton of Sag in my chart, so there's always, like, that sort of, like, philosopher-explorer thing has been with me my whole life. Um, And I think... I think I found tarot just, like, through Instagram, seeing, it, seeing. I think it was the, the Wild Unknown deck on somebody's um, Instagram. And I was like, oh, that looks really cool. Um, so that is what kind of got me started in exploring it. And, you know, I took um, Lindsay Mack's tarot for the Wild Soul course after I had had, you know, the deck and been using it for, like, a, a year or two. Um, and that really sort of transformed my relationship with the tarot and allowed me to use it in a way that felt more natural for me. Um, so yeah, it was, it was through Instagram, which (laughs) I think is, is maybe like the way a lot of people are coming to find it these days.
0: That's very Aquarius of you.
1: It is very Aquarius. And, (laughs) The way I read tarot is, like, very Aquarius, Sagittarius, Gemini also, because it's, I have a hard time, like, sticking to spreads. I just sort of, and I mix oracle cards and tarot cards constantly, um, and I just sort of, like, use it as a conversation with my guides and the divine, and, like, sort of feel into what's going on in the moment, and um, kind of see what comes up.
0: I love that. So do you, like, how, I guess, are there any certain, like, cards that come up specifically with healing, or any, like, archetypes in the deck that have really helped you heal?
1: Absolutely. Um, So the first one is temperance. Um, Temperance, like, really grabbed a hold of me, um, in the middle of this healing process. And I sat with the concept and the archetype of temperance for a long time. Um, and the idea that, you know, temperance is sort of like an active thing that we participate in. Yeah. It's where we are sort of introduced to these like helping spirits and our guides, but it's, it's like an in-between place where, we're not quite there. We're not quite like at the at like the pinnacle of our healing or the the greatness. But we're feeling we're feeling into like a place of safety where we can co work with our guides to go through some of the like in betweenness and the unknown and like the 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 foggy spaces, um, and that it's like we temperance isn't like a stop that you go to and then you get out of it. I think once you encounter temperance, you're sort of to a degree always with temperance. Um, and it's it's a space, I think, that allows you to expand your knowledge and remind yourself that like you're not in this by yourself. Um, so I love temperance very much. I think temperance is honestly, I think of it sometimes as like, the PTSD card, (laughs) because it, when you have like trauma and complex PTSD, you're always sort of dissociating and feeling like you're in this space that doesn't feel quite safe. Um, And sometimes things don't really make any sense. And temperance, you can be in that space, but things start to make sense and you're, you're feeling there's an invitation for safety. There's an invitation for safety and that your guides are helping you and you're you're kind of starting that healing process. And it's difficult and things come up and there are still triggers that exist, but it's it's in sort of a container where you're held.
0: Yes, and I feel like it's always changing also.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Especially,
0: like, relating to your body, like the heal your body is always changing over time that means that your healing is always changing like what you once needed is not what you need now like allowing to like flow with your healing and I like I totally agree with what you said about like when you have trauma it's so easy to like disassociate from your body and that becomes like the natural response
1: yeah totally
0: and so, I guess, like, a question from that is, like, what are some things that you're doing or, like, what helps you come back into your body?
1: Um, So, aware- awareness through movement in Feldenkrais really helps me come back into my body. Um, the other thing that really has helped me come back into my body is, like, plants and nature.
0: Ooh, yes, me too. Yeah,
1: I mean, just kind of working with... I mean, I live in a very urban environment, so trying to attune to, like, the natural world and the natural forces really helps to ground me.
0: Yeah, I agree. Oh, my God. It's it's amazing, like, what getting your hands in dirt will do. Or even just, like, being around plants.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they definitely emit an energy they you know they're living things and we can have like a reciprocal relationship with them they become part of our environment and part of our you know reality as we we sort of understand it um and that's That's what I think about when I think of consciousness, you know, it's like you're starting to become more aware of things and you're becoming less focused on your internal world and allowing participation to happen with things that are outside of you. Um, and I really think the participation of plants and animals and, um, the natural world is, is like a crucial, Peace of consciousness and like spirituality.
0: So this is kind of random, but I kind of want to talk about the hanged
1: man. Oh my god, I I heard <laughs> the hanged man this morning.
0: <laughs> he was on the bottom of my deck, which I feel like is like kind of flavors it a little bit. Yes. And it kind of has me thinking about just this idea of like surrendering your trauma a little bit to spirit. Like, I can't handle yeah. all of this. Like, help me. But, like, with it being a hanged man year, like, how is that kind of like playing in? Like, what are your thoughts about this card? Um, it just seems so appropriate,
1: yeah. yes. And I mean, like I said, I drew the hangman this morning. Um, and <laughs> um, alongside of it, I drew, um, there's this Oracle deck I love called the Morgan's Tarot, which is like this '70s style deck. Um, and the card I drew with the hangman was "Who Am I," um, Ooh. and it just got me thinking because the hangman has come up a lot for me this year, and it is a hangman year, and I feel it. I, like it's so hard to be in that space of surrender and when I think about the hangman now, I think about like you're surrendering to let your identity evolve. Like let your perception of who you are evolve alongside of how you're healing and how you're growing and how you're elevating your consciousness. Um, To me, like the hangman really recently has been letting go of the concept of who you are. Like, the stories that you tell yourself over and over in your head about what you can do, what you can't do. Um, those fixed ideas, like letting them go and letting like you see yourself in a different light and let you see your potential because we limit our potential all the time. And I don't think that we can figure out pieces of our identity that are sort of yet to surface unless we surrender to the hangman and let us be in that place that's just sort of, like, nothing. You know, it's, like, this place where you feel like nothing is happening, but everything is happening if you just, like, let yourself sit in it.
0: Yes, it's so uncomfortable.
1: So supremely uncomfortable, yes.
0: And, like, it's so uncomfortable to, like, give up, past trauma and not let it identify you because I yeah. feel like it's almost like your body wants to hold on to it because it wants to keep you safe from that not happening again
1: but yeah. like
0: letting it go to become somebody else is like you know the way to go but it's so hard
1: yeah I I just got chills because I mean it's yeah, when, when you've been living with trauma of any kind for so long it is, and you start the healing process, I think you eventually reach this point where you have to confront the concept that you have an attachment to your identity as somebody who is traumatized or sick and um, Because you've been living that for so long. There's a degree of comfort in the trauma. I know that sounds like insane.
0: No, I'm with you. I totally understand. It's hard to imagine a different
1: way of living. It's hard to imagine like who you are without that trauma because it's been such a key part of your identity for so long.
0: Yes, and it's like scary... It's, like, the healing feels, like, more scary than the trauma feels because it's, like, well, I know what this is, at least, even though it sucks and it's killing me. Like, there's a sense of, like, the known. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, we... To kind of, like, loop it a little bit back to Feldenkrais, it's, like, you know, the we get stuck in these ways that are uncomfortable, but we have no idea that they're uncomfortable because that's just the way we've always done it. So we have to like let ourselves experience a taste of what it feels like to not live that way. Um, But it's still really hard to let go.
0: And it's so hard when you have trauma, it's like your baseline of pain is like ridiculous. It's like other people go to the doctor for like a cut on their finger, but when you have like chronic illness, it's like you almost have to be like dying in order to like get yourself yeah. help.
1: Yeah, it's it's kind of funny because I went um, to Mexico in March. Um, my stepmom moved there like several years ago on like the west coast of Mexico, and I I went to visit her and um, I ended up like my second or third day that I was with her, I fell off a horse and I felt immediately like I had broken ribs but I went to the doctor in Mexico and they x-rayed it they said I didn't break any ribs. um, a few months later, I got a CAT scan to follow up on like some lung issues I was having, and the pulmonologist was like, "Did you know that you broke five ribs?"
0: Oh my god!
1: <laughs> it was like most people would have been like in the hospital, morphine drip, screaming in pain. Like that must have been really painful, and it just made me think of you know how how adjusted. I've gotten to like dealing with pain and living in pain and being in pain um
0: and it's so funny because it like becomes more uncomfortable to like allow like just thinking about this idea that like you're taking time off from work to like allow yourself to heal and it's like I feel like that's when you were most, like, talking about how uncomfortable it is. You're like, this is so uncomfortable to, like, sit here and allow myself to heal. But, like, breaking five ribs? Like, no big deal.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, as a matter of fact, like, (laughs) it's it's kind of funny because, you know, on that trip I'd spent three days or four days in Mexico City before visiting my stepmom. And when – I got there, I immediately had all this trauma come up, like all these like old triggers from growing up that had nothing to do with my stepmom, but it was just, you know, sort of like things that come up via voices or smells or associations that you have forgotten. So I immediately was feeling so triggered um, and having a lot of trauma come up when I was I was visiting my stepmom. And it was supposed to be like this, vacation for me like the first time I was like getting a break after all of this like surgery and hospital and I like just wanted to relax and I here I was like being completely triggered with like childhood trauma that I had never worked through and it was so uncomfortable so uncomfortable like I I wanted to get out of there and I was actually going to change my ticket to go back to Mexico City to spend the rest of my time there. And the day I was going to change my ticket is the day I fell off the horse. And I just had to stay. <laughs> I had to stay and I had to like work through the trauma and like figure out what it was that needed healing and needed attention. And I kept pulling the three of pentacles and
0: Oh my god, I was about to ask you, like, what yeah. were
1: you pulling then? I was pulling the Three of Pentacles constantly and it was a painful experience to have to just stay there. Like I I had to like physically break something in order for me to like stay and work through that trauma. Like the physical pain was easier for me to deal with than the emotional pain. Um but yeah, it's it was an insane experience but it really speaks to like how we want to like run away from that feeling we want to run away when things like get uncomfortable but it has to get uncomfortable in order for us to like actually confront it it's got to come to the surface
0: yeah and like what have been some things that have helped you like sit with the trauma and like I don't know, ideas for anybody that are, like, going through that and when they get triggered and, like, I don't know, anything that, like, makes it more bearable?
1: That's a hard question. Um, I don't know that I have the perfect answer to it because it's something I'm still learning. Um,
0: It doesn't need to be perfect. We're not perfect here.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I do I do turn to the tarot a lot when I'm triggered. Um, and sometimes that'll just help me get pers- get perspective on the situation. Um, I think trying to breathe helps. Um, you know, I'm not super great with like sitting quiet and meditation, but that's why I like things like yoga Nidra or awareness through movement, because if I'm, like, forced to pay attention to my body or forced to pay attention to my breath, it helps me, like, calm down a little bit. Um, And then the other thing I would say is, like, setting boundaries can help. Like, when I was in Mexico, after I was feeling triggered, I said to my stepmom, can we not talk about, like, my dad or, like, not talk about the, you know, growing up and like those things so setting that boundary of like i can't talk about this because it's just making it worse Um, so setting boundaries has been a really crucial important thing in my healing um and that extended to um actually my name like taking ownership of who i am and setting a boundary like i actually changed my name to Etty from my birth name because I felt that I had all this trauma tied up into that name, that it didn't feel good to me, it didn't feel comfortable. I never associated with that name. Um, and setting the boundary to say like I am not going to continue to like take this trauma and this story that I've been told over and over and I'm allowed to be the person that I know that I am and I've evolved into and take ownership of your identity. And that has been a big tool too. So boundaries and like ownership of who you are is I think really helpful in in trauma.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful. Wow. And just this idea of like allowing yourself to become who you really
1: are. Definitely. Um, Yeah, that was, it was such like a difficult thing for me to do because, you know, I don't love to to draw attention to myself or to like make waves or anything like that. So for me to just like take ownership and decide like, no, I really hate the name Kelly. I've always hated the name Kelly. um, Doesn't feel like me. So allowing myself to say, this is more me. And this is who I am now. And telling that to people and to my parents and things like that um, has become so empowering. And it was like so even divine the way that it all happened. And Eti actually means star in, um, it's in Persian.
0: Wow.
1: Wow. And the star card was is also one of the cards that's been so important for me with healing.
0: And Aquarius ties.
1: And it's the 17th card in the deck. And that my birthday is on February 17th. Um, I, there are just all these little associations in the way that the name came to me. And, you know, when I was waffling about, like, whether I should really do this or whether it was just something I was, like, kind of making up in my head, I went to the... This Hilma af Klint exhibit at the the Guggenheim, which is was like this amazing spiritualist artist from the the early uh, 1900s, and one of the first things I saw in the exhibit was this tiny portrait of her dog who looked exactly like my dog, Aww. and the name on it was Kety, Ketty, K E T T Y, and it was like Kelly transformed from Kelly to Etty it was like the weirdest most synchronistic thing and that was when it felt like I could take ownership like you're not crazy um this is a relationship to the divine that you have and you can own exactly who you are and who you like feel as your authentic self and it was so empowering to do that
0: wow that is so beautiful And it makes me think of like this whole idea or this whole theme of healing in your life. And I guess I'd like to ask you about like bringing the healing to other people and what that's been like as you're like always, you know, we're all still in the process of our own healing and what it's been like to like share it with other people um yeah any thoughts you have about that and what it's been like
1: you know I actually think I'm just sort of entering that phase um where I feel able to share my healing with with other people um I'm still like I still have two more years in the Felden Christ Dreaming program but at the end of this year that just concluded I'm authorized now to teach awareness through movement classes. So I'm, you know, in the process of trying to find places to teach the classes and really like gearing towards people with chronic illness or trauma or people who just you know feel like they live on the outside or they're the other. Um, and I'm I'm like really excited to start teaching those classes because I I think it's such a profound way of healing and of it's a very safe and gentle way to do it. It's perfect for people who are traumatized because it, you know, it's it's quiet, it's gentle, it's soft. And you know, I'm really excited to share that. Um there are other things I've been thinking about doing and really sharing my story, doing more writing, embracing that. I've um I think I told you I've, I've, I'm 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 really would love to start a podcast yes
0: uh, please do i want to listen to it you're so articulate about,
1: about about consciousness you know like how how important consciousness is in healing and what it means to like be sick and to heal um and to be like a disabled person um so that's you know, I think that that was maybe like an indirect answer because it's something that I think I'm. To, it's just opening up. Lately, like in all of my my card pulls, it's been like transition, like transitioning from one thing to another. Um, I have one of my favorite decks is um, Marcella Cole's Nature and Nurture deck. I don't know if you have it, but if you don't, you should get it because it's magic, like pure magic. And, I don't, think uh, I need to yes, it's, it's amazing. Um, the transition card has been coming up a lot for me. It's like a rainbow. But the other thing that keeps popping up is, um, it's a wolf card. It says teacher. And it's basically like been reminding me that like, you are the teacher, like you can teach, you don't have to be whole to start offering what you've learned to the world. Um, so it's, yeah, all signs of my life are, like, kind of saying, like, pushing me to keep getting out there instead of, like, hiding a little bit, which is what I've been doing for a long time. Um, and I think it was sort of a necessary phase for me to, to do that. But, yeah, now I think it's time for me to, like, get out there and um, share and, and participate in helping others um, heal. I mean, I'm really passionate about the fact that everybody has their own journey and their own path to healing, and, like, I don't think there's one right thing for everybody, but what I want to do is help people, like, find find the thing that feels authentic to them and help them work on their own healing journey and kind of, like, you know, help, just help them through it, you know, be like a, a Sherpa on their healing journey, Um Which I guess is very Aquarius.
0: (laughs) Definitely. You're like helping, you know, being the North Star. Yeah. And I feel like there's like a million different paths one can take to get to that star, depending on like where you're starting in perspective. Yeah,
1: absolutely. But like
0: just being like a beacon of hope, especially... Because it's like, especially, you know, listening to your story, and you can see it there, and anybody living with trauma and chronic illness, like, I think you definitely end up losing a lot of hope, because it's, you know, it just really wears you down, living with that every day, and the pain, and getting used to the pain, and then, you know, like we talked about the threshold is different, and... I think just like being seeing somebody that is a little even a little bit out of the dark than you are like more out of the dark a little further on the path um, can just illuminate it enough where you get that glimmer of hope and it just keeps you going.
1: Yeah I I really love that. I mean it's I, you know, I I started, I think, when we were talking about my story, saying, like, I think I forget how much I've been through, and going back, I think, even to the three of pentacles, I just keep seeing that, like, those three rocks stacked on top of each other, and, like, you can't, in order to, like, stack on the next rock, you really have to remember, and, like, your foundation, that first rock is, like, part of the next step it's like part of the evolution of like moving towards something else like stacking that next rock on top um yeah so embracing my story and like letting myself remember it and tell it and write about it has been like a big challenge um even like you know talking with you on this podcast was uh, a little scary for me because i it's it's hard to like own my story in that way and to share it in that way, um, because day in day out, I think when you live in like sort of this like alternative space that's different from how your peers are living, like going to nine to five jobs, it's so easy to get caught up in sort of like that that lostness a little bit, and it's it's hard to to, like, take ownership of where you've come from and, like, let that steer the direction that you're going.
0: Yes. I love that. Ah, I love everything you said. I'm (laughs) just so grateful that you took the time to talk with me. Oh, I'm so
1: grateful. You are so sweet, and I'm so happy that I got a chance to speak with you. Um, Yeah, you're just such a, a, a sweet soul and I love your podcast
0: oh I'm so grateful that anybody especially you listens (laughs) (laughs) I'm always like oh my god people are listening holy moly but (laughs) I it's so cool to like get to talk with people and you know the vulnerability that you shared is so amazing and really just touches my heart And I'm so excited to see everything that you're going to do and all the people you're going to help and see, you know, where your wellness journey takes you. And it's just such a beautiful unfolding that I'm getting to witness. So I feel very privileged.
1: Oh, you are so sweet. Um, Yeah, that's... it, it, It means a lot to me too, so the feeling is absolutely mutual uh
0: and I know everybody will want to hear your podcast and read your (laughs) blog and your book and whatever you have to offer is going to be great
1: yes I mean there's power and vulnerability it's a a hard thing to learn but
0: it is it's very scary but very worth it for sure yeah So can you tell everyone where they can find you on Instagram and any offerings you have right now or where to look out for them in the future?
1: Yeah. um, So my Instagram is chronic.consciousness. So you can find me on there. And I am going, like I said, I'm in the process of uh, finding places to teach classes if you are in Brooklyn and I or, or New York, and I will post those on my Instagram as they sort of come to fruition. Um, and any updates will will be on my Instagram. I am I am outlining and hoping to start a podcast soon around around consciousness and healing and trauma and all of those those fun things. Um, I do also offer tarot readings. Um, As I mentioned before, they're very, you know, they're very, like, gentle, and I come from a place of uh, tremendous, like, compassion and just wanting to hold space for people. Um, So I do offer tarot readings, and I, that will be on my website, which is going to be posted very soon.
0: I love that. And if people aren't local to you in Brooklyn, where can they learn more about the method that you're talking about?
1: Um, that is a great question. So there is like a little bit about it on my website, um, which is just going to be ettyelise.com. And um, that talks a little bit about awareness through movement. Um, you can, you know, search, Feldenkrais, um, there's like a Feldenkrais website that has great information. Stay away from Wikipedia because there's like this one person in Iowa that has something against the method and likes to update the Wikipedia saying it's quackery, um, (laughs) which is kind of bizarre, but, uh, also like, feel free. People can message me Message me on Instagram. Um, I'm happy to talk about it. I would eventually love to get to, um, a place with my offerings where I will offer like recorded lessons that people can do at home because it really is something that you you can do um just via a recording and in your living room so
0: that would be so cool and so helpful especially like it makes it you know available for everybody
1: yes I mean my I think that this method is so incredibly magical and I'm so passionate about it and You know, I'm really excited to be doing this work, and really want to be like bringing it out and making it more um, prevalent in the in the world of healing and the world of somatics. So, anyone is interested, let me know if there is interest. I would be happy to to do class recordings that people can do at home. And so, yeah, I mean, this is all in germination stages, but um, I'm really happy that you sort of allowed allowed me to speak with you and and share about this so it's very meaningful to me
0: oh it was literally all my pleasure (laughs) i am so grateful thank you so much for sharing everything you did you are amazing
1: oh you are amazing also anna thank you
0: thank you so much enjoy the rest of your day
1: you too
0: bye Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode with Etty. I am so grateful that I had her on. What a beautiful healing soul. Oh my goodness. Thank you again for coming on. And definitely everybody follow her chronic.consciousness on Instagram. And again, I'll link her website in the show notes if you want to find out more. And if you want to follow me on Instagram or communicate, say hi. Uh, You can follow me at Blind Love Tarot. Feel free to give me a DM, slide into those DMs. And if you enjoyed this podcast, share it with a friend who may need the healing. Um, Spread the word. I love word of mouth. It means you loved it, Um, which really touches my heart. And if you could rate and review on iTunes or wherever you listen, that would be amazing and so appreciated. It really helps other people find the podcast. So that's it, guys. I'm going to come back soon with another episode, and I will see you then.